Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifeSelfMastery.com and today I'm excited to have Michael Sarkar, who's the Director of Business Development and Marketing at Tribble by day and he is a co-host of Rocketship.fm by night. He's interviewed entrepreneurs like Ryan Hoover, Seth Cordens, Sean Ellis, and the list goes on. Uh, he has done uh, more than 300 episodes. Michael and his co-host uh, are running this podcasting side project uh, with, with millions of downloads. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Awesome. So, you know, uh, I would love to know what is, what is your background and how did you get into, uh, in, in, into the crazy world of startups? Sure, sure. So um, I started a digital agency um, after I had quit my job at a restaurant. Um, I taught myself how to code and started taking on clients that first month, um, really just saying yes to things I didn't know how to do. And uh, eventually that became a, a small digital agency where about five full-time employees, nine contractors or so. Uh, and and that's where we got introduced to the world of startups. We started contracting with, with startups. They would hire us either for application development or, um, or design work. And eventually we kind of got the bug where we felt like we were doing so much work for uh, these startups and then they would leave, right? We would never get to do the follow-on project. And so we started building our own. Um, and one of the first projects we did was uh, a language learning app for kids. It's actually still out today, um, still makes revenue today. And a, uh, a digital asset management system um, for small brands. And uh, we sold that about uh, two years ago now um, to Brand AI, uh, which was then acquired by Envision. And so that was really where I kind of got the bug um, to, to run my own startups and, and to actually bring my own ideas to life. And, uh, you know, I, I could see that you also work with Crew and Unsplash. And so, you know, uh, were, were you one of the founders of the company? No, I was the 12th employee at Crew um, when Unsplash was still a side project. And so I came on to run their business development and um, partnerships. This was about four years ago. Um, and then I led the acquisition of Crew by, by Dribble um, when the founders went over to Unsplash uh, to focus there, which they still are today. Okay, and, and what is uh, what is Dribble all about? So Dribble is the largest design community. So we are a portfolio network for designers. We help them um, get inspiration, find work, and uh, and get full time employment. And so uh, Dribble has been around for about ten years. Always bootstrapped. Um, we still run that way. We're now. When I joined, I, I believe we were as the sixteenth employee we're now 47 um in just a year and a half and so we're, we're growing at a healthy pace still bootstrapped um without raising any capital okay and and uh, what about the, the marketing agency that you're running did you sell it to a company or uh, or did, or is it are you still running it on the side no, we shut it down. Um, it, it kind of burnt out on doing the client work. It was a great way to start. Um, after five years, I had uh, I had kind of burnt out on the always having to find the next clients um, while doing the current work. And so 
I really wanted to find a situation where I could uh, focus on one or two projects at a time and, and watch them grow uh, rather than always finding a new project to do the first round. Um, okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I wonder how did you get your, uh, get about starting your podcast and, uh, you know, and why, why did you, where did you start in the first place? Yeah. So um, we, you know, we were running a digital agency. We were handling the design and development of these applications. And we really, we really thought we knew what we were doing. Um, and then we built uh, Brandisty, a digital asset management platform. And we realized that we really had no idea how to market, how to reach a new audience. And so we knew how to build stuff. We knew how to build stuff fast. Um, but then we didn't know how to uh, reach the people that would actually buy it. And so that was when uh, I started Rocket Ship in order to talk to people um, that had already been there, had already done it. And the only way to get them on the phone was to offer them an interview because they weren't going to answer my call otherwise. And so that, that, that was about five or six years ago now um, that we started. It was really just to learn how to do startup marketing and startup growth. Okay, and, and can you talk about the you know first couple of interviews and you know how did how did the launch really happen? Yeah, so we got lucky. Our first interview was with Ryan Hoover, who had just launched Product Hunt. Product Hunt was kind of a buzz then, but it wasn't what it is um, today. And and so he had just built it as a weekend side project. It was kind of perfect for us because we were focused on bootstrapped uh, businesses when we launched. And so he was actually our first interview, which gave us uh, enough credibility to then go out and get our second interview and our third interview. The probably the first 10 people that we talked to were all well known in the in the industry. And that really helped give the show some credibility. We were also a niche show and that we were at that time focused on bootstrapping. We're no longer. Um, but we were, and so we were one of the few podcasts that had content for this growing network of people who were really excited about either doing side projects or um, bootstrapping a, a software business. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, what are the favorite people who you've interviewed and, you know, what were your best learnings from them? Sure. Um, I think the the first one that we really captured where I felt like we got something special was Adi Paner from uh, who had just left Woo Themes to start a new business. He didn't actually know what it was going to be. And he would just, he was, he really opened up and about what entrepreneurship really is and the struggles that he was having starting his second, um, his second venture after having kind of a big exit with, with Woo Themes. And so that was where I realized that there was something more to the storytelling than, than just the advice. Um, and, and that kind of started to change the trajectory of the show, or at least how we thought about um, the podcast where, you know, originally we were trying to find tactics and tips to, to help people build. But then we realized that there was this whole emotional component uh, that, that really, it, it had to come out in a story and that's really where we've, we've started to take the podcast today. Um, and that was really the turning point was talking to Adi. Uh, this is probably about five years ago. Okay. So, uh, so I understand that you, you, uh, work with a co-host and, uh, and you, you do it on the side. So, uh, so do you speak, uh, do, do you interview people during the weekends? Uh, you know, what is your schedule like when you when trying to build your podcast? Sure. Yeah. So, um, 
I generally interview before or after kind of my general work hours. I do work remote, so I am home. So I, do, I don't have a commute and I save that time by not commuting. Uh, Dribble is a fully remote company. And so in that time when I would be commuting, I instead am able to, to line up interviews. We've also, we've moved away from doing as many interviews and we do much shorter interviews. So our interview now is uh, very focused on a particular topic. Um, and so we'll do like a 10 minute interview because we already know the questions that we're going to ask. Um, we, we consciously moved away from in the, the interview format that we had started with about two years ago. Um, and that was to, to really make time for us to continue doing it. Um, that wasn't such a stress where we had to do so much scheduling, um, which is awesome if you can do it. We just found that we, we both work full time. So we had to figure out creative ways to keep the show high quality, um, but yet move, move in a slightly different direction. Okay. And so, you know, you know, how big is your team when it comes to, you know, scheduling and, and pushing out the content? Uh, is it just you and your, and, and, and the co-founder? That's it. Yeah. So we work with uh, Podglomerate, which is a podcast network. Now they, they handle all of our ad sales, um, which is nice to be able to get to the point where, where someone was interested in doing that. And then uh, I, up until a couple of weeks ago, I've done all the editing for the, the near 400 shows. Uh, but we, we did just bring on an editor who's going to help us um, put these shows together on a, on a weekly basis, which is great. Uh, and then other than that, it's him and I uh, writing and producing and scheduling all the, the content. Okay. And, and how, how do you go about scripting the, the episodes and, uh, you know, deciding, uh, you know, who the entrepreneurs you would want to uh, interview with? So this is kind of the, the hack that we've, we've found. Uh, we script everything um, in the podcast. So uh, we we're now focused on topical episodes. So we'll, we'll we either try to break down topics or there's a long running story. Um, last season in season five, we followed three entrepreneurs, actually uh, the CEO of Chargebee, Krish, um, mm -hmm. who's, who's in Chennai, um, yeah. India. We followed him uh, for about 12 episodes and about over the course of two months. Uh, and then we, we followed another entrepreneur, VP of growth at uh, Auth0 um, and a solopreneur from uh, Cranbrook, British Columbia. And so we purposely highlighted people who were not in the States um, and, and who were working on interesting projects. Uh, and so we followed them all for, for two or three months. So I would do weekly interviews with them in the morning on Friday. And then we built out 12 episodes uh, from that. And so we script every single episode. And then my co-host and I record that script and then we hand the script and the, the audio over to our editor now um, before I would then take that audio and break it down. But it made it much faster to create a high quality um, episode where I didn't have to go in and edit each individual interview. And then from the interviews, I would, we would take out you know, 15 to 30 second clips um, that were relevant to what the topic of the episode was. Okay, and, and were you syndicating this, uh, these small clips and content on different uh, social media channels or, uh, you know, uh, or were you pushing out the same content on, on these podcasting apps? Um, so it was, we would push it out through our podcasting apps. We have a, a decent subscriber base um, on iTunes and a couple of the other 
the popular uh, apps. And then we we do some on Twitter. Uh, honestly, we're we're probably not the best at uh, social content. Um, so we do put out some, uh, we'll, we'll cut up some one minute clips and put them out on Twitter uh, just as kind of an episode preview. Uh, other than that, you know, it's, it's all kind of word of mouth growth. Okay. And um, so, you know, I, I want to come to uh, which are the best equipments and, and tools for, uh, you know, pushing our, uh, our podcast, uh, you know, a, a listener who wants to create their own podcast. What is, what is your advice on that? So we started out with, um, with you know, the, the $100 USB microphones, and that got us through the first year. Um, now we use a Heel PR40 uh, microphone, which is, you know, they run about 450 US. Um, it's probably the best microphone that I've heard in that, in that price point, and I've, I've purchased five or six at this point, but I keep going back to this one. Uh, that's probably my, my favorite microphone. I run that into a focus, right? And then we use Adobe audition, uh, because I, I already pay for the Adobe's creative cloud. So I use their audio editor, which is actually incredibly powerful, um, to do all the, the mixing. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I would like to know how many, how many, uh, how much of the revenue do you generate from these sponsorships and, uh, and, you know, how much downloads have you had, if I may? Yeah, so we, um, let's see, when when we're in season, we do about 10000 a month um, in revenue. And when uh, our downloads, it varies on the content. Uh, so we do around one hundred to 150000 a month, depending on if we're actively uh, promoting or not. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, are you the only one who's looking at sponsorships or you, have you outsourced it to, to an agency who's going to look for, uh, you know, uh, sponsors for your show? Yeah, we, we signed with the Podglomerate Network. Um, so they handle all of our sponsorships. I did sell our sponsorships for about the last four and a half years. Um, but for this last season, we signed with Podglomerate and they have been absolutely amazing. Um, and they have kept us uh, sold out ever since. So I'm really happy. I would, you know, advise anyone the, you know, we give up uh, kind of like Apple style, you know, you give up some of your revenue, um, but the, the relief of not having to, to sell uh, sponsorships every week and instead focus on the quality of the show has been uh, incredible. Absolutely, because you know, kind of a, a second job in itself. Uh, you know, finding out sponsors for for the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, 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 what's the best way to, to grow a podcast which, which would have you know, say less than thousand downloads? Uh, what would be your advice on that? Uh, you know, if just you're pushing out content. What is, what is the best uh, way to grow your podcast from there? So I podcasting especially like entrepreneurial podcasting it's very uh busy right there's there's a yeah. lot of lot of shows so i think if your show one of the the things that we do not have anymore um but we did at the beginning was we had an opinion um and and that gave us an advantage over some of the other interview shows in that people knew why they were listening so um we weren't a broad show for everyone we were specifically a show that had advice for bootstrapped entrepreneurs and we ran that for the first 100 episodes and and you know we became known as the podcast that's focused on bootstrapping versus venture capital which is what everyone was talking about at the time 
Um, it still is really, you know, venture capital is the big news story and it hits the big news cycle. Um, bootstrapping isn't as sexy, right? You don't, you don't really hear about companies revenue. So if your show has an opinion and people know why they're tuning in, um, I think that, that helps the word of mouth grow. Um, so, cause they have a reason it's not just, they did another interview with Seth Godin, um, it's, it's, they did an interview with Seth Godin about how to bootstrap your company. And so that gives a bit of context to why a listener would be listening. And we didn't talk to Seth Godin about bootstrapping. Um, we interviewed him way after, but, um, but just as an example. So I think you have, there has to be a purpose for the show and that helps it grow. Um, I think there's a lot of people that do growth today better than, better than us. Um, but I would concentrate on discoverability and, and the topic that you're um, writing about, making sure that you have those basic SEO um, practices in your description so that people searching through the various podcast stores can find you and find you for a reason um, that's purposeful. Um, so they, they know why they're, they're hitting play. And um, we, we have had some success through PR. So, you know, if you can find a nationally topical issue that you're able to, to speak on, um, you can get become part of that national conversation. I think that's also really helpful. Um, there's also the influencer angle, which we've always avoided. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm the best person to speak on that. Um, but I have had, I've seen people be very successful taking that more influencer angle. Um, it's just not for me. Okay. And uh, Michael, have you also done speaking engagements uh, to, to grow your podcast or, or, or to grow your brand? Uh, or is it uh, you're focusing only on, on, on your podcast for that? So uh, some, yeah, I, I can't say that they've been incredibly successful. Um, in terms of getting like direct, like you speak at an event and you have a thousand new subscribers, um, it's, it's usually not that linear. Uh, and so generally the speaking is great for your own personal brand. Um, some people will check out your podcast if they like what you have to say. Um, but that is a, a bit more roundabout way of, of doing the promotion. Um, but I do do speaking from, from time to time. Um, and, uh, I, I can't say that it hurts, uh, but I don't think it's a, a surefire way to, to grow your podcast listener base. Okay. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that you work in a remote, uh, job. So, um, so, so, you know, what are, what are the pros and cons of working in, in, in a remote job? I, I, I know that a lot of people are, especially the bootstrap community, you know, there's a lot of remote, uh, jobs which are happening, but you know, what are the pros and cons and how do you adjust your side hustle with, with your job? Yeah. So, um, the the pros of working remote are having a bit more ownership of your time. I don't have to do an hour commute to and from an office. Um, the the cons are that I don't get to work in an office closely with with the people um, on my team. So we're you know it's a lot of Slack, it's a lot of video calls, which is great. Um, but you do lose a bit of that human connection, and so I, I think as remote work becomes more and more the norm for people, um, we're going to have to adjust, right? We're going to have to adjust to, to how we work, to how we communicate. Um, and, you know, oftentimes communication happens in the, in and around the office, right? People going out for lunch, they're talking about work. This is how ideas spread. Um, in remote 
you don't have that, right? You don't have that kind of organic connection. So one of the biggest things that I've had to work on is just my constant communication, especially as a, you know, on the leadership team of Dribble, we just always have to be talking and making sure that we're talking to everyone um, to, to, so that, you know, the vision and the direction of the company is properly communicated because it's not going to get communicated through, um, through osmosis in the office. Um, if we don't say it, it's not going to get heard. And so um, that's probably the biggest challenge of remote is, is the communication side. Although I think as it becomes more of the norm, um, it'll become easier and easier for, for people. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I've been remote for about four years and it's been amazing to be so close to, to family um, and to not have to waste my time in a car or on a bus uh, commuting to and from work. Absolutely. And it's become quite a, quite a norm for it. Uh, but it looks like, uh, you know, for, for the VC world uh, and, and startups over there, it's, it's uh, not that much of a norm, but maybe, maybe in future, say, uh, you know, 10, 15 years down the line, uh, who knows? Yes, um, yeah, we're hoping. Uh, so, you know, the next segment is what I call the top three, where I uh, ask the three questions that you can answer them in 30 seconds or less. So, so are you ready to take, them, take, take it up? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, so what's your favorite business book? So my favorite business book, I, I just read a, uh, a book by uh, Boing Chul Han um, called The Burnout Society. And it talks a lot about the systems that we create as a, uh, as you know, entrepreneurs, as software developers, and its effect on society. And so it's really helped me to think about social networks and uh, time on platform, um, those kind of issues that we often try to optimize for, um, and its effect on humanity. So I think it's an incredibly important book for anyone building software today to read. Okay, and if you could go back in time when you you know start working on your on your agency and, and your business ventures, what is the one one thing you would have focused on? Uh, probably more on sales and less on design. Um, I think in the early days it was so much fun to design the interactions of software. Um, that was really the exciting part why we why I got into to building this. But um, the biggest thing that we we didn't do right in the beginning, or at least myself, was the customer development and the the actual sales process, um, which we would often do after the software was built. And so um, if I was going to go back uh, on some of those early projects, I would have focused on the market first and the, the design and development second. Okay. And, and what's your favorite online tool, for example, uh, Gmail or Slack? Sure. Um, my favorite online tool right now, I actually, I don't love Slack. I don't love uh, Gmail. Um, I, right now I, I would say zoom, uh, we're, we're on this right now. Um, but this is where I feel like the magic happens in remote life is, is through these video calls and through conversations. It's, it's the only way that I connect with my team all day. Um, and so, you know, I probably send out 12, 15 zoom links a day, uh, to various members of the team. And I think that the, the fact that they've made video so easy and that we can get so many people on a call conveniently, um, has really changed the way, uh, remote work happens today. Okay. And, and do you use zoom or Skype for recording on podcast? So I actually use Zencaster, uh, for recording. Uh, it does a local recording, um, 
for every participant and then breaks it up into separate waves for editing. So that's been awesome for, for podcast recording. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's doing virtual interviews. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, and uh, you know, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about Rocketship? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our site's at rocketship.fm. You can search Rocketship FM in any podcast app. Um, the new season will be launching in probably about a month now. Um, we're okay. doing a, a season on Blockland, which is an initiative inside of Cleveland where the, the Cleveland government is actually pushing forward blockchain initiatives. Um, and it's all started by a car salesman, uh, Bernie Moreno. And so it's an incredibly fascinating story and we'll be, we'll be spending our whole next season um, talking to government legislators and, um, and people that are, are inside uh, and part of the initiative in Cleveland. So, um, so you can subscribe on any major podcast. You can reach me at uh, Michael Saka on Twitter um, or most social networks. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show and speaking to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.